Welcome to Animorphs Anonymous, the podcast where we no longer talk about Animorphs because we've already done that. But we're not ready to say goodbye to Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant. Turns out they wrote more books. What? Books that we will be reading and casually discussing? You bet. Join us on the 1st and the 15th of each month as we morph into the Apple Grant Book Club. of part three i i had okay i loved it yes i have some minor criticism <gasps> it's very very minor oh my god i'm so excited and i don't even understand how you would fix it okay would you like to hear it yeah yeah tell me i just i felt like the character all of their voices would be a lot more balanced and I don't know why, because, like, we've read all of Animorphs where it's, like, there's two to three main characters and two backseat characters, and that's kind of what ended up happening here. But, like, the whole time I'm like, what about Tobble? Because Tobble's there. Yeah. Tobble doesn't say shit. Yeah. He's kind of just, yeah. Everyone's just a like, guy. oh, look, it's stupid Wobbick. Huh? Wobbicks are food, and Wobbicks don't do anything. You have a pet Wobbick? And he's just, like, taking all this abuse and not saying anything. And, yeah. And not getting a chance to do anything. Yeah. And like, it it didn't, like, I noticed it throughout, but it didn't really hit me until towards the end when we have like two humans that are traveling all the time. Yeah. And it's like, they're doing most of the talking. And I'm like, these are the voices we should suppress the most in this book. Also, also... I, Mm -hmm. who the fuck is this Luca person? What happened to Gambit? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, I was pretty sure that Gambit was going to come back in in like a cool way and do stuff and and travel I'm not convinced he's gone forever. Well, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's coming back. I just thought he would be like the fifth companion. Mm hmm. But this is other freaking nerd. Over here. I mean, he's fine. I'm not saying nerd. No, he's a freaking nerd. He's a freaking nerd. He's like a scholar. He's like a student boy, which is fine. But like, I was not expecting that. Yeah. And like, he shows up and I'm like, no, no, no. You can't put Gambit in my sights and then put Luca here. No one gives a shit about this fucking nerd. (laughs) Oh my God. I want Gambit back. Also... His name is so close to Lucas from the Adventure Zone. And they're both like like studious scientist guys. So all I can picture is Lucas from the Adventure Zone Crystal Kingdom. And I feel very differently about him than I do about Luca. Yeah, I feel very, very differently about those two characters. Like, I see, I still think that Luca is going to turn out to be a bad dude. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the evidence is like, no, no, no. You should like this guy. He made good choices. But like, 
every time he's mentioned, Bix is still like, but I still have this feeling, just this gut feel. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I trust Bix more than Bix trusts Bix. I'm like, Bix knows what the fuck is up. This guy's a traitor. We should kill him now. <laughs> Nobody else feels this way. Maybe, maybe he'll betray them and then Gambit will come in and be like, <gasps> what's up? I'm Gambit. all it takes sup i'm gambit sold welcome to the group buddy (laughs) and then okay but then also we got gambler oh my god gambler who i'm in love with by the way i absolutely love i am too (laughs) i just he's so good he's so fucking good i love him so much and like Everything I don't know. I I love those characters that are like kind of like towing that line of like bad and like mm-hmm. not not like a bad character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bad guy. Yeah, he's the bad boy and of like, the group. <laughs> yeah, he's the bad boy of the group and like really like confident in themselves. I just I love that kind of like duality character. And you know he's gonna be so soft. Like he's just gonna end up being mm-hmm. the softest softest boy and. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I think there's going to be some strife between him and Tobble because I think Tobble's going to get jealous. Okay, but at the very end, I don't know if I should spoil this yet. <sighs> okay, I won't spoil this yet. Okay. Because we'll I feel like that. this will, we'll put a pin in that. We'll revisit that. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, and I feel so bad guessing with this book because I don't want to like get hyped up for something and have that not be the case because I'm sure whatever it's going to be is going to be great. But well, whatever it's going to be is going to be great. But like, I love guessing and I feel like a lot of my guesses have come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, going back to your original criticism. Yes, there was not enough Tobble and I'm upset about it. I'm upset about it too, but it did, it very much followed that like Animorphs thing of like, okay, now we have like five, six main characters and we kind of, we have to edit it down. Otherwise it's just going to be a cacophony. It's going to be hard to read and to understand. Yeah. Oh, also let me tell you something else I learned about myself reading this. Okay. So you remember love of our life teacher in college, the English teacher, whose name is escaping me right now, and I can... Judith Harway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Full name drop. Full name drop. Don't even care. Oh, no. Love her so much. She's wonderful. She's amazing. I remember one time in my writing, she pulled me aside and she was like, this is a really Canadian thing of you, I think. (laughs) But you use so many commas in your writing. And I was like, okay, like... Is there a rule against that? I always have because it's just a more natural pause than a stop point. And I always thought that's what a comma was. And she was like, yeah, I just I think it's like really like British Canadian of you. It's just you use commas so much. I wrote down one quote from this book word for word. And there was like 15 commas in one sentence. And I think it was Catherine Applegate and Michael Grant that did this to me and not Canada. Oh, Okay, that's so that was my takeaway. <laughs> that's interesting. Well, because I'm such a visual learner, I feel like that's absolutely something I would just pick up from reading mm-hmm. rather than from learning. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, I learned something about myself in this <laughs> in this journey. 
Oh god, I've I've been trying to use commas more and more because I feel like my writing style for the past couple of years, like when I'm just talking to people, has just been like straight shot, no punctuation, and sometimes I read that back to myself and I'm like, holy shit, this is like really hard to read. I'm going to start putting some commas <laughs> and question marks and stuff in, especially when I'm talking to people at work. I don't want them mm-hmm. to construe certain things as a statement when it's a question and I need an answer to that question. So I'm like trying yeah. to trying to fix that. Yeah. I was told at work too that I use too many commas and it's not appropriate for English and I feel like it's just really coming to haunt me in a big way so now I've limited myself to like two commas per email which is really hard sometimes and then every time I want to use commas I just make it into a bulleted question list and label it one two three four whatever and they just have to suck it (laughs) do you feel like periods are very like harsh yeah, like you mean like as opposed to using like an exclamation point or a comma or like yeah. well, like that's like when you just use periods, it yes. comes across clipped. Yes. Yes, but that's also a very masculine way to write an email. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful sometimes. Right. Yeah, I just, I feel, I feel if I'm in like a slack and I'm writing to something and I make a statement, I usually don't put a period. And when I read something that does have a period, I'm like, oh, shit, they're mad. Like, they're angry. Mm-hmm. Like, they're serious. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And it shouldn't be that way because periods are perfectly natural. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, but then they're, like, putting a fine point on it. Yeah. Like, and, and like... I don't know. It's weird. And, like, saying no versus saying no with a period is, like, the world of difference to me. I don't know. <laughs> Yes, I sometimes I do it by accident. Like I'll just have a period after it by accident. But like sometimes I'll be like, I legitimately am being intense with you right now. Okay, okay. And I feel like it hits different generations differently. Like I feel like since we're kind of more used to being text-based communication, Mm -hmm. there's tells like that. But like if I get like if a seventy-year-old writes me an email with a bunch of periods, I don't even doesn't even register to me. I'm like, you just don't know how to write in the common tongue. Sure. So. <laughs> the common tongue. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, my God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to try that. Like, if I'm being really serious, I'm going to use a period now. Oh, I do. I, I do it a lot. And especially, like, when, like, people are asking me questions. And I also do it for, like, when I'm supposed to be, like, support, it, support account person. Because it, especially because most of the time, most people think I'm a dude to begin with. So when I do that, it's just like a lot easier a lot of the times in communications. <laughs> if only we all My had the confidence thing. of a cis man. Exactly. Ugh. If we all had the confidence of a mediocre cis man. <laughs> and that's all it takes. I just read a business tip the other day about some woman that that runs her own business that says she just added an extra Google account that's a fake dude that she just emails from his account whenever she needs to send bad news or fire somebody, like fire a client or like, yeah, she's like, yeah, I just, I blame him. And if something goes wrong, I'd be like, fucking Kyle, I'll get rid of him. (laughs) I love that. It's my favorite advice ever. Oh my God. I love that, but I also hate that. You know what I, I mean? love it. Oh my God. I mean, yes, for like feminism purposes, it sucks, yeah. but like, 
Also, hey, if you got to deliver news and they're not listening to you because you're a woman, send it from the Kyle account with a lot of periods. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's my business advice to everybody now. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Anyways, we were talking about Endling. Yes. (laughs) Wonderful. And we somehow got the... I mean, we were talking about the English language. It's a book. Listen, listen. Kara makes the same points. She can do a lot when she's dressed as a boy versus when she's dressed as a girl. It's related. I got actually upset when she put on a dress. Oh, yeah. I was like, why? Why? And I don't know what her preference is, dress or, or poacher clothes... But in my head, I was like, don't, just because you're here doesn't mean you have to wear a dress. You can keep being you, man. Sure. But maybe she likes wearing dresses more. It never explained it. And maybe books. maybe her her poacher clothes were really, really disgusting, and she just wanted to be in something clean. Yeah. That's what I choose to believe. Yeah. And sometimes dresses and skirts are just more comfy. I guess. You can just, like... I don't know. Sometimes if I'm out of pants, like I'd rather put on my skirt than pants if I'm just lounging around the house. I tried it for a while. I tried skirts. I I truly do not like them. Yeah, that's that's fair. I would just rather wear pants at all times. I don't really like wearing skirts out because then I get a lot of like comments like, oh, you're wearing a skirt or, you know, I'm more likely to get like whistled at or whatever. But, which I don't love, but yeah. In terms of like comfort in my own home, I'm like skirts. My one skirt whenever, that I have. <laughs> whenever I think about skirts, I it just reminds me of the thing in Twilight where she one time wore a ankle length khaki skirt, and <laughs> Edward told her she looked absolutely uh, what? How did he put it? Indecent. What? You know, because he, like, found her so attractive in her ankle-length khaki, khaki skirt. beige skirt. What? And, khaki. and like, a, a blue top, but, like, long sleeve, like, with a collar top and a ankle-length khaki skirt. He was like, you look positively indecent. <laughs> what? I'm telling you, those books are so funny. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. God. If there weren't so many good books in the world to read, I would say I should have I should read those again soon. But, like, there's so many amazing books that I have to read. I can't spend any more time on that. But Dude, audiobook. Very funny. Audiobook just, like, while you're working. Because then... So I can listen to that. So you can listen <laughs> the madness I couldn't answer the phone I was <laughs> she was talking about how indecent she looked in that khaki denim skirt that was ankle length fuck yeah do it <laughs> <laughs> oh shit oh fuck okay okay so we were mad about about Carl wearing a skirt I don't know if it's Kara or Kara I'm gonna probably use I them keep going with Kara. Yeah, it just Kara's good too. 
I just I just feel like it's Kara. I, like the H makes me want to like, huh? Yeah. I think it's not necessarily correct though. I think when there are when there's a fantasy name with two vowels in it and they're the same vowel, I want to like differentiate them. So like, uh, no, sorry, it's just, sorry. I don't know how English works. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, English just doesn't work, okay? It doesn't. It's made up. It's a bad language. The points don't matter. It's a terrible language. Ugh. Okay. Um, shall we shall I summarize so we can Yes, please. Do it. Save me. Okay. Help. I don't know if I can. Help, me. help help me help you help me. Okay. So, remember last we were with our hardy adventurers, they were on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. <laughs> uh, yes, the boat made it into port that very night, but they were unable to disembark because it was so busy. When they did get into the bay, they could see people running across gangways and other boats to get to the shore. Kara led Bix, Tobble, and Valino through the town, and Bix was taking in the chaos around her of people pushing and looking around at, at vendors and things, and somehow Bix had always imagined this being a very scholarly place full of scrolls and books and dust and nothing else uh, but she was quickly coming to realize that scholars also needed clothing and food and that this was a bustling town suddenly a scent hit bix that stopped her dead in her tracks it was a fill of it we yes. fucking giant cat creature it's fucking fucking sparkle cat sparkle I love how they're described as like being all different colors. Cause when I first thought of Filavets, I thought they were going to be like, Oh, it's a big snow leopard. It's a big Jaguar. Mm -hmm. It's a big lion, but they're actually like different colors and like not natural colors either. Yeah. And that really makes me wonder if like, these are the domesticated filaments. Like, because I, I got into this whole thing in my head. Like, they're in the city, right? So, of course, there's, like, the ones that are, like, orange and white spotted and, like, different, like, crazy colors, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the ones in the wild, and especially because we find this out about Gambler later, are, like, are they just dark? Are they, like, jaguar colors or cougar colors? Like, they're natural but because these ones are domesticated, like the mm. Russian foxes, they start getting these different patches and different, like, oh. stuff on. So anyways, I had this whole other side quest going on in my head about the filaments. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I feel like, well, I mean, they're kind of, they seem kind of like an apex predator in this world. So mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to, like, hide from other predators. So I guess, but that's like cats, right? Like, yeah, that's exactly what cats are like. Yeah, I mean, because like, there's a natural biological reason of why they have spots, or they have, or lions are sandy colored, or you know, like their coloring mm-hmm. is part of their biology that helps them survive. So, with that in mind, you've got like blue ones and maroon ones, and I just, yeah, I wonder why that choice was made yeah i don't know i mean only only the nice ones are able to live in town and like that's that's how you get like floppy ears and spots and stuff that's you know yeah just keep breeding for niceness (laughs) yeah for sure yeah that's interesting it was a whole side quest that is not at all part of the story (laughs) but it's cool 
it was it was cool it was cool to think about and cool to like imagine them in all their multicolored cat glory yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, so this fill of it, uh, Bix saw it walking between two men who seemed wholly unafraid. And Kara, noticing that Bix froze, said, don't worry about it. The law on this island prevents them from being able to use violence. This, of course, didn't really comfort Bix at all, who grew up thinking of these things as only predators that would kill them and take their children in the night and all that kind of stuff. Um, as they travel further into the town, they see many more species, including raptodons, which, of course, I just imagine, like, the giant, like, fucking condors and spyro. I could not think of anything else. Oh, I was thinking, like, the eagles from Lord of the Rings. And I feel like that's what I should have been thinking. And, like, <laughs> she, they mention that there's, like, kind of different species of raptodons. Uh-huh. So I'm just imagining they should be, like, those giant, like, glorious raptors. But I kept imagining them, like, the really, like, low-necked condors that are always, like, scruffy looking Uh and huge and, like, ungainly. I don't know why. Okay. And I don't think that's accurate at all. I just, I couldn't get it out of my head. Interesting. Big birds. (laughs) Big boards. Boards. So Kara led them through increasingly narrow streets until finally they got to a place called the Hanging Cow, which, despite the very grim name, had a pretty cheery image of a cow just hanging by a rope around its belly. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bix, Bix was like, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, well, speaking of field okay. events, there's uh, my cat visitors here. <gasps> Your own field of it. Hi, tuxedo friend. Bye. Okay. Yes. Hanging Cow. Prancing Pony. Yes. <laughs> Great point. <laughs> I, just, I just love how, like, all the homages to kind of, like, classic fantasy books are in this. It's just so good. Oh, it Like, there was definite parts of this that, like, as I was reading, I'm like, oh, this is straight up classic fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like, high fantasy. Yeah. And I loved it. And it was great. And I loved it. And I'll keep reading it. You can't stop me. Good. Anyways, uh, so um, Kara told them all to wait for a minute and disappeared and then reemerged a few minutes later in a blue dress with white trim and her hair brushed out. And Bix is like, what up? You're a girl now. And Kara's like, well, you know, things are a little more progressive in the city. At least they used to be. So I should be able to get around just fine like this. Um. And that was all the explanation they needed. So they ditched Valino outside because nobody brings the horse into the bar, I guess. <laughs> He's too big. He can't fit. <laughs> <laughs> he can't go through the door. I don't know. There's there's Filovitz in the bar. I feel like he can fit. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you um, just want Valino in the bar. I get it. I just, I just really like Valino and want him to be a constant main character. <laughs> Despite the fact that there is no need for this. Oh, my God. And I have to move on. Next chapter, we'll talk about this. Anyways, um, <laughs> so they go into the bar, which is just bustling. And Bix is put off to see yet another fill of it talking to a grizzled old man. And Bix is just like, what the fuck could they possibly be talking about? Which is a very small-minded thing. Okay, here's another thing I love about Bix is like, I also, I know I was just talking about how much I love Gambler because of the kind of duality of the character, but I love that Bix, who is supposed to be, like, this hero, is still, like, very, like, has a lot of kind of racist shit going on here that she needs to unlearn. Yeah. And also is kind of a coward. 
<laughs> I really enjoy that. She's like a lot. She's, she's it. Yeah, it's setting a bar for her to grow from. Yeah, the course of the series. Yeah, but I I just love like the constant like oh you've had greatness thrust upon you and instead of rising to meet it she's always like oh <laughs> no <laughs> I mean she's fucking watched her entire family die <laughs> yeah so have we all <laughs> <laughs> I mean she's I just I'm not saying it's not fair I'm just saying I love it I just. <laughs> I, I, this is jumping a little bit far ahead, but, like, I just love this whole time where she's kind of like, well, uh, I have no one, I have nothing, I have no ambitions, I'm just gonna kind of go along with this. Like, I, I feel like I identify a lot with that. Like, if I was at that low point, I'd be like, yeah, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd probably just be like, "Eh, fuck it, do whatever you want to me, because nothing fucking matters anymore. (laughs) Like, the other part of that I love, like, just hopping onto your train here is that when anybody challenges her on this and is like, I know how you feel, instead of doing, like, the quotations mature thing and being like, yeah, okay, or, like, accepting it, yeah. Bix is like, no, you fucking don't. <laughs> like, my life is shit. It's dog shit here. This fucking sucks. You have no idea. And, like, will not let it go. Yeah. And I love that. Don't patronize me. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Don't pretend to know how you feel. Yeah. Like, oh, I lost my entire family too. Oh, did you? But are you the only human? No. Then you can yeah. fuck right fuck off. Your empty like, platitudes. I... <laughs> exactly. I know you're trying to come for me. You're trying to come to my level, but my level is so different from your level. You can't even imagine. Yeah. I kind of. Oh, love that. and that also makes I love that, and it makes me love Tobble even more because Tobble never tries to go there. Tobble's like straight up. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I love that honesty from Tobble. <laughs> How Tobble's just willing to be like, I don't know what the hell is happening here. <laughs> Tobble is all of us. Tobble is, <laughs> Tobble is along for the ride, ready to rage, does not know what is happening He's so at great. all. I love him. <laughs> He's amazing. <sighs> okay, sorry. Back to <laughs> summarizing. <laughs> okay. So Kara calls out to the bartender, who's this bald man with a belly whose arms are covered in tattoos. And once he spots her, he's like, Kara! And uh, they catch up pretty quickly. And then Kara says, okay, man, like I'm looking for a room in town for my pet Wobbick and my dog. And the bartender's like, there's there's no rooms. Like, come on. It's the Eumony. I think it's Eumony. Is it Eumony or Eumony? Uh, Eumony. Because it's ceremony and eulogy. Eumony. Yeah, sure. Okay, I got it. Eumony. Eumony. Okay, so Kara's expression is, is just blank. She's like, uh, what? And he's like, it's a funeral, but it's kind of more like a party. The government's just, like, declared Darren's extinct, and so we're going to have a giant party. Wee! And <laughs> Yeah. And Bix loses it. And, like, Tobble reaches out to cover Bix's paw with his own, and Bix yelps and then runs out of the bar and runs to whatever kind of sheltered space in that courtyard that she could find. She pulls out a piece of the map, thinking, this was drawn by a silly pup who knew nothing. I am the last of my kind, an endling. That's chapter one. Wee! Yeah! Oh, no. Poor Bix. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. Like, she was 
sort of fine for a while and then just another fucking blow just like undoes her and holy shit yeah and i feel like it was like chipped away because it was almost like for a while bix fell into this like found family thing with tobble and kara but then it was like we just had the reminder before we came here that like kara is selling bix like they are not friends and like this it was just like chipping away and then like this was brutal yeah it's just it's kind of fucked up because i feel like when a species goes extinct in in like our world in in the real life i don't know like what happens like i feel like i just you hear a couple news stories about it but it's mostly just like not a big deal in like kind of your standard circles i'm sure in like preservationist circles it's like the worst fucking thing but like well that's what they said just to jump to a little later because i think this is a really small point then i don't even know if i wrote it down but like a little later they talk about how there was a species of seal that went extinct and that like they said the same thing like oh it's not really a big deal the only reason they're doing this whole festival for the darrens is because they're one of the five governing species yeah so like I kind of get it, but, like, yeah, it seems like they treat it in very much the same way as, like, oh, we're having, like, a festival for some bullshit. It's like, you know, Casimir Pulaski Day, right? Like, we got a day off school. Yeah. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Uh, Yeah, there's just, yeah. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Uh, So... Um, the bartender that was Kara's friend worked for the rest of the day while Kara and Tobble tried to talk to Bix in the courtyard without any success at all. Finally, as night fell, he found them a place to stay in a dirty stable not too far from the inn. They settled there, and the bartender left them with a basket of meats, vegetables, fruits, cheese, and a jug of water. He apologized for such shitty accommodations, and Kara's like, nope, this is great, it's fine, totally cool. And when he finally left, Kara and Tobble tried to get Bix to eat, and Bix is like, why? Why should I eat? Who cares if I eat? Who cares at all? And Tobble was a little at a loss, but, like, tried using some of Bix's words from before, like, but you have to stay strong. And Bix is like, why bother? What is there to live for anymore? And then she shared another one of her dad's sayings, which was, a Darren alone is no Darren at all. And Tobble's like, I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never known a like life without others of your own species. And um, Kara tries to relate. Kara's like, I, I, Bix feels alone in the world and out of place without a pack. And I too don't have a family. And Bix is like, you have family out there somewhere though, right? And Kara's like, I don't, I don't know for sure. I think so. And Bix is like, well, okay, so are you the last human on Earth? And Kara's like, no. And Bix is like, then you have no idea what it feels like, so shut up. <laughs> and um, then she, Bix continues on, like, Kara's whole plan is to sell me to the highest bidder the next day. So really, tell me, do you care about me at all and my shit? And Kara tried to point out that, like, they're having this eumony because they thought the Darrens were extinct, but here we are talking to one, so maybe there's more. And this is where Tobble jumps in, because, like, oh, this is a, a great point. Tobble's like, yeah, of course, if you're here, there's definitely got to be others. Like, that makes total sense. And Bix just cuts them both off and is like, well, that's very fortunate for you, Kara, indeed, that we came at just the right time so you could pretty much name your price for me. 
Damn. And that's the end of chapter two. I mean, Bix not having it. She's not wrong. I definitely had the same she's thought. She's not wrong. Ugh. She is not wrong at all. But she is just not having yeah. it. She's like, fuck you. Fuck this. Ugh. Yeah. And like, it, when you're reading it, she very much like, whenever Tobble talks, she's kind of just like, oh, you're wrong, but it's okay. Yeah. But whenever Kara talks, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> yep. And I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish more animals would tell humans to fuck off. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Not that Bix is an animal. (laughs) No, but like, I just wish more more creatures would be like, humans are the worst. Because it's true. Yeah. Okay, so... Next chapter, we finally get to where we're going. Um, it was a long night and not much sleep was had, which is standard practice, it seems. Um, in the morning, they use Valino's water bucket to wash off their faces, which is a point I didn't have to put in here, but I did because Valino was extremely <laughs> upset about it. <laughs> made his water all dirty. What the fuck? Yeah, like... I just loved his sassiness. Oh, there was also a really cute moment the night before when they were all eating their food where Tobble shared one of his carrots with Valino. Yeah, and Kara was like, oh, you don't have to. He's got hay. And Tobble's like, no, 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 no. I want to. No, he needs this carrot. And Valino was so pumped. so there for their friendship. I fucking... Honestly, if all the other characters died right now and it just became Tobble and Valino, I would read the shit out of that book. Shorts forever, doing stuff together. <laughs> doing stuff together. <laughs> oh my god. I love it. I love it so much. I just, I just love them oh so much. <laughs> I can't even continue. Like, nothing I tell you is going to be better than... <laughs> Tobble and Valino's story this is the together. Of this section. This is the height of the book. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, the streets are even busier than the day before, and they head off to the tower. And they can see as they approach it, there's this guard that has a line of people coming up to him. And as they approach, they're kind of telling him what they're here for. And he has a staff where he's either gesturing them in or waving them away with his staff. His beady stick. His beady stick. Um, it was no time at all before Kara, Bix, and Tobble were at the front of the line, and Kara announced she was there to see Ferrucci. And the guard's like, who are, who are these creatures? And she's like, this is my Wabik. He is my servant. And this is my dog. And the guard looks at all of them for a, a an uncomfortable amount of time before just, like, basically the dude was just like, girl and her dog and a Wabik. This is wild. Like, this <laughs> just nuts all right head on in (laughs) and it's like i don't know why this is so wild to you but all right this guard does not get out much (laughs) um bix thought because it was just so busy that they'd be waiting for a long time but instead they barely had time to take in this large circular hall with like staircases around the outside and glowing red orbs lighting it up before they were shown where to go by a nerdy man with, I assume, a clipboard that came up to them and started to lead them away. Nerdy man. Nerdy man and a clipboard. So they start up this large staircase, and Bix had never had to navigate a staircase on all fours before, and so she found out that she had to do it at a bit of a run, 
which means she kept making it up to the to the floor ahead of everybody else. And this first floor, she was just met with the smell of death and decay and a large terramont, which is like a giant praying mantis looking creature. But it's like body section has spider legs and its front section has like four arms. And it has like a <laughs> first of all, it goes very hork right now right? because like it's <laughs> Front arms have blades to cut through roots I was, and like. I was like, this is the most Apple Grant creature in this book so far. <laughs> yes, yes, it absolutely is, and it even has like the like kind of triangle head, yep. but then it has mandibles that click they together. Love so triangle like, heads and mandibles, man. They do, and blades to eat trees. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, so half horkbisher, half spider, half praying mantis. The math is all there, guys. <laughs> so it seems all to me. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and uh, the okay, the creepiest part to me was that Bix described its mouth parts moving with mathematical precision. <gasps> that's cool. And like, I have to imagine that's like kind of a way of communication for this thing, but like so creepy. <laughs> yeah, I'm just picturing like very kind of jerky, just like I don't know, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Very mechanical. Very mechanical. Very unnatural. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. when something moves a little bit too fast for it to seem real. Yeah. Like too precise, too fast. Yeah. Just uncomfortable. Love it. Which is a sentiment that everybody shares. As soon as they get to this floor, everybody's like, oh. They're all racist. <laughs> They're all kind of concerned about this giant praying mantid creature. And it is huge. It's very tall. Much taller than people. It's gigantic. It's big. It's big. So they run up to the second floor, which you'd think would be better. But no, this is the filament floor where there are bunches of giant cats lounging around all staring at them. Kitty. And their nerdy guide was like, don't worry. They're all bound by the laws of this place. They're just giant kitties. And Bix is like, you're out of your fucking mind, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, finally, they make it to the third floor where Ferrucci was. And they approach his door, which swung open before they could knock. And Kara and Tobble walk through. But Bix found that her legs couldn't move. And finally, Kara calls to her and says, Bix, come like a dog. Mm. And Bix is like, I'm uncomfortable with this. Yep. Yes. Um, oh my god, this next chapter is where it fucking kicks off. Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Bix enters the room and is immediately entranced with all of these books in the room. And we get this really cute, sad kind of flashback thing where she remembers that one of Dalinor's prized books or prized possessions was a poetry book that his mother had made him. And she, like, bound it by hand and wrote out all the poems herself with uh, a raptodon claw. And, like, it was just, like, one of the most beautiful things ever. And then, like, she was remembering this book and realizing that, like, this wouldn't even cover two pages of the giant tomes that, like, are mm-hmm. all around her. I love um, that. Yeah, It's kind of like a, it's like a discussion of, like, I don't know, privilege in a way. Yeah, it, it is. And, like... Also, just, like, she's so astounded that, like, in this room, she's, like, it must be all of the knowledge of the world, like, mm-hmm. at, like, at any page. And just that kind of, like, their culture has been stripped away. Because some of the things they say in the in the past 
chapters that we've read or past parts that we've read was how they couldn't carry anything with them. And so that's why they lost a lot of it. So, like, it's just, it's a really, like, big gap of how they're holding on to these scraps of their culture, but so much of it is lost. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. And it's 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 just, it's not, Applegate doesn't have to explain it to us, like how we just talked about it. Like, she just drops it in there. And you can, like, expand on it yourself. Like, ah, I just love their writing so much. Me too. Like, uh, that's like, okay. This is where, like, so, so, I mean, they shine in so many places. But this is one of my favorite places where they shine. Where, like, we are reading what is basically a high fantasy book right now. But we don't need 20 pages to talk about a tree and the history and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) She just drops in a comment or, like, a short description. It takes half a chapter. And, like, all of a sudden, she's built this whole section of this world. Mm -hmm. And it's seamless or at least, like, well enough contained that it's not obvious that that's what she's doing. I just, I love it so much. Yeah. I think it's like I said in the first episode. Like, every word and every sentence that they craft, they make it count. Like, they really, mm-hmm. there's just so much in one sentence. And I just, oh, how do you write so good? Yeah. <laughs> Teach me. Oh, my God. It's just, it's amazing. And I don't know if that's, like, them in particular or if that's something that they honed in on because they started strictly in YA fantasy books or YA books in general. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, this This should be how... Uh, not, I mean, obviously, no, I don't actually mean this because there's many different ways to write things and many different reasons to write it that way. But, like, this is one of my favorite ways of writing things. Like, yep. uh, it just builds so much with so little. Yep. And I love it. It's <sighs> good. Okay. okay. Sorry. Back to what we were talking about. Wee. Oh, and a little bit of Applegate agenda with books are the best. Internet sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put that in every book. You gotta put that in the book. It's it's part of the contract. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, um, then from behind her, Bix hears Kara greeting Ferrucci and turns around to see this old man in black and gold robes embracing Kara. And Kara is saying, "It's been such a long time." And Ferrucci is like, "Oh, way too long." And are you excited for the Umoni? And Kara goes, "Okay." So about that. Meet my friend Bix. And Ferrucci's like, cool dog, Kara. That's great. Good boy. Good, good dog. And Bix stands up and goes, I'm not a dog. And Ferrucci's like, holy fucking shit, bro. <laughs> what the fuck? And then he's like, uh, like literally like going over like look at your hands like oh my god the opposable thumbs and then like looking like kind of under like one of her arms is like oh the the glissaires they're they're not as prominent as i thought and oh my god and then he like turns to his student he's like go lock the door now and he starts like herding bix and tobble and kara into the smaller back room and his student kind of comes back bustling in like a little like out of breath and like concerned and he's like lock that door to lock all the doors that we have just keep locking doors and do not stop <laughs> and Kara's like what's happening what's going on and it's the student of Ferrucci that says for every scholar we have in the tower there are 10 of Murdano's men posing as students and Ferrucci just starts going 
yeah, this conversation never happened. That's a dog. That's nothing but a dog. You never saw a Darren. That's a dog. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, in this conversation, this also never happens. None of this happened. And then he says, take the Bix to the dungeon. Take the Bix. And take the Bix to the dungeon. <laughs> and Tobel and Kara are like, no, no, we're not going to do that. Explain yourself. And he's just like, trust me. This is the only way to do this. This is what we got to do. And Kara starts going, no, no, no. You got to know somebody that's like up north that'll keep her safe. Like, what's going on? And Frucci won't answer. Instead, he just calls a student over, whispers something into his ear, and Tobble and is trying to argue and fight, but to no avail. And Bix is trying to listen in on what they're saying, but like they're not talking in a language that Bix knows. And before anybody really can understand what's going on, Bix is being led to the dungeon. Dun dun dun. Uh. So this is where we meet Luca. Luca is Frucci's student that has locked. All of the doors there are to possibly lock. Yep, he's the door locking guy. <laughs> he's the door locking guy. If you need a door locked, Luca's your guy. <laughs> um, but as they're walking through the hallways, Luca is just like chit chatting. And Bix is not having it. Bix is like, I gotta find a way to escape. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out. Should I make a run for it? Where would I go? I don't know where I am. I don't know human structures. I don't know how to get out of here. And then finally, this this saying of her dad's pops into her head, and she's thinking, okay, to rush isn't always to arrive. So she decides to bide her time and listen to Luca. And Luca is basically just prattling on about, like, these are my studies. I study biology. I like animals. I study this. <laughs> Luca's the fucking worst. <laughs> I don't, I don't even really have that strong of feelings on Luca. It's just he's so annoying in these like this chapter and the next it's one. Like, what on earth would make you think that she cares about any of this? And like, I don't think he was even trying to do it to like calm her down or try to take her mind off of no. things. Like it just no. seemed like he was just talking for the sake of talking. I I like I feel like he was talking trying to like lead up to his point that he gets to like once they talk privately yeah. but then like just don't talk though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're talking to like a dog. So if you weren't talking? Oh yeah. No if one would came across you. Yeah, everybody would be like, "Oh, that guy talks to dogs." All right. Like I don't know. I feel like he would draw more attention than if you didn't talk to a dog. And all these times I say dog, it's in quotation marks because yeah, yeah, yeah. Bix is pretending to be a dog yeah. still. Okay. So anyways, um, eventually they get to the jail and Luca calls out to the jailer, who's this large, extremely hairy man. And this was a, like a really like just snuck in there. But like Bix is really surprised by how high the voice of the jailer is when he responds. Cause he's like, like, you get the impression that this guy is, like, probably half, like, ogre or half troll or something like that. So, like, just the idea of him being, like, hi, Luca, is, I think, very funny. <laughs> I... Because trolls, I did you know. not remember that, actually. I, I only remembered it because I laughed. Because I imagine, like, a very, like... I feel like it's got to be, like, a Shrek bit or something oh, like yeah. that with, like, a huge man with a super high voice. Yeah. Anyways, it's not important. So the jailer doesn't really question them. We get the impression that this jailer is probably not the brightest bulb. And um, he just kind of doesn't even question Luca. And so they walk in behind him. Um, 
He leads him to the cell. They usher Bix in. And then Luca just says, I need a moment in here with the dog. And like the jailer does not question it. The jailer's like, all right, we're locking up a dog. Good luck. <laughs> like, whatever. He goes along with it. Yeah. He, like, like he. He questions it like once. He's kind of like, oh, that's kind of a weird thing to do. Lock up a dog. But whatever. I just work here. And he doesn't even question it like that. Like, this is, I think, where we get the impression that he's kind of slow because he goes, you no lockup dog. Dog run free. And, like, that was it. That was all he said. Very weird, dude. Yeah. Um. So, whatever. The jailer locks in Luca and Bix and, like, doesn't, is like, whatever, man. You talk to the dog. I'll be back. Um. And once he walks away, Luca begins telling Bix, like, do you know what Ferrucci whispered in my ear? He told me to have you killed and then your body burned. And Bix is like, yeah, that's pretty par for the course. My life fucking sucks. (laughs) And Luca's like, but I am a scientist first. My entire field of study is endangered species. And that's when he talks about the seal that we talked about earlier. And Bix goes, oh, so you're helping me then. And Luca's like... Well, I'm not helping you specifically, but you're an endling, and I took an oath when I became a scientist to, like, you know, not take out endlings, because my thing is, like, species going extinct. So it's really helping me, because I'm a scientist, not you. Um, I have no grasp on this person so far. I don't understand what his argument was. Yeah. Yeah. I also thought he was going to be, like older i thought he was gonna be like late teens early 20s at this no, point fuckers like 14 yeah he's like 14 or 15 <laughs> he's a baby he's a baby i you know anyway i i just don't know i just can't i can't get a handle on it yeah. i don't i feel the same way about luca that bix does which is like every single thing that luca says is technically the truth but not quite. Yeah. And there's always something that he's not saying. Yeah, and I bet that's totally intentional. I'm sure it's intentional. <laughs> he fucking knows. Yeah. So I don't love Luca no. for that reason. I'm scared. I want Gambit back. I want Gambit back. I hope Gambit comes in and is just like, this dude is fucking <laughs> lying to you. And Bix was like, I know. And then they team up. They get rid of Luca. Then we have Gambit. <laughs> This is my dream. <laughs> this is my dream. This is my fan fiction of the story we have not finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, so Big starts questioning, like, why does Ferrucci need me dead? Isn't it a good thing that there's still a Darren? Like, isn't that the whole deal is you guys are, you know, mourning Darren. So if one's back, it's like, yay. And Luca's like, no, no, no. Ferrucci's the expert on Darren's and he's the one that declared you all dead and it would look really shitty if you came back and Murdano's own seer was made to look like a fool by the existence of the Darren. So like this is all political. Um, And then he's like, you know, like the only Darren's that we want to believe are still in existence are the ones that are in the basement that we drag out once a year to show the children. We, dude, that's (laughs) so fucking harsh. That's not even the harshest thing in this book, though it is very harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, then Luca makes some really fucking weird comments, like, FYI, if the jailer's not a bad dude, but if I told him to kill you and burn you, he would. Wow. So anyways, uh, goodbye. The fuck, Luca? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's like, Luca's like, just gonna leave you on that note. Luca out. Bye. Wow. And like, 
leaves her there. And Bix is like, well, I'll just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go to bed in this dirty straw. Yeah, Bix is like, kind of fuck this. I'm just going to go to sleep. Everything sucks. I'm going to go to bed. Like, <laughs> solid strategy, honestly. Bix, Bix is a millennial. Bix is a millennial. <laughs> Bix is the ultimate millennial. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Okay. okay, it's time. Here, it's time for him. It's time. It's time. So Bix hears this call from the cell next to next to her, and it's this hissing voice that's a little like confident, a little cold, a little aloof, and basically this voice is going, "Good doggy, good doggy." <laughs> and, and Bix is like, "I'm a Darren," and the filament's like, "We'll see about that, won't we? <laughs> if you're really a Darren." Tell me which names are mine. Is it Alois Strank, but my friends call me Gambler, or Hadrak the Third, Lonko of the Dread Forest? And Bix is like, all of all of them, all of them are true. And the Philip is like, Haha, test passed. <laughs> You've solved my puzzle. <laughs> You've solved my name puzzle, Darren. <laughs> We very much have a character type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. And then the fill of it just, like, launches into this whole thing, like, oh, I'm glad to see that you knew that all of those were my name. That's what I've been telling these fucking humans the whole time. But it turns out, if anything's even a little bit complicated, they don't think it's the truth because they're all stupid. Um, <laughs> I love him so much. <laughs> I love him the most. He's, <laughs> He's the so best, sassy. honestly. He's so sassy and he's just so done with everybody's shit all the time, but like not in a way that's like reductive because he can just fucking handle it as well. Right. I love him so much. Okay. So uh, anyways, after ranting about humans, he is amused that Bix is so scared of him and he kind of like inquires and mocks and is like, oh, are you afraid of me? Why are you so scared? (laughs) And Bix is like, of course I'm terrified. Philovitz eat Darns. That's like our whole lives. We've been afraid of you hunting us in the forest. You're like one of my greatest nightmares. And so Gambler is just like, none of that's true. Don't you know? And Bix is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, Phil- and like, he's like, Philovit haven't hunted the Darrens in like over 200 years. We've been the closest allies of all of the governing species because every time we deal with humans who are liars and terrible and shitty, we call on you guys to weed out the lies from the truth because those fuckers lie all the time. Like, we've literally been working together for hundreds of years. Everything you've been told is bullshit. And Bix is just like, what? <laughs> no way. There's no way. But, like, Bix can tell if he's lying, and he's not lying. So, like, it's just mind-blowing. That's interesting, though, because, you know, if she's been told this about the Filovets from her own, like, group, then I just, like, I feel like it was other groups that were interacting with them more, which means that, that I just, yeah, I think that's kind of like a precursor that, that there might be more of them. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I, I, To me, it very much felt like this is some sort of like propaganda thing that was like told that became repeated, but it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a great point. Like if they worked together, but there was like factions of Darren's that became separated and like had yeah. their own like lore because they lost all their history and this became part of it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. Sorry. But Gambler drops a, a bunch of other knowledge, too. So we have to, like, tune tune back in. Yeah. So um, Gambler is basically like, yeah, we all know that it's the humans that are hunting the Darrens. But, like, FYI, they got you first. But they're coming after us now. Like, they're, they're hunting us with these giant dogs. They are poisoning our water so that we can't have kits. Like... They're coming after us next. They've already started moving on that. And then after us, they're going to go after the Raptodons and then the Terramons and maybe even eventually the Natites. But like, you know, maybe those guys would get along because they're basically human themselves. But like, yeah, they're they're trying to take over the world is what's going on. And like Bix is just completely overwhelmed about everything that he said. But one statement in particular just keeps resonating with Bix which is never underestimate the human when it comes to duplicity and slaughter. Yep. Accurate. Repeated twice for effect, my friends. <laughs> oh, man. Such a good chapter. Like, mm-hmm. literally so much world lore was set up in a short conversation with Gambler. Yep. Crazy. Love Gambler. Me too. Oh, Gambler's so good. Okay. So Bix is woken up by this green light that at first seemed like it was part of a dream, but then she realized it was very real and it was floating just outside of her cell. And then just below that light, there was a human face and it's Luca's face. Gross. And I know Luca's fucking face. (laughs) So Luca instructs Bix to be quiet. He's like, I'm just learning Thurgy and I was able to put the jailer to sleep, but like I'm no good at magics. So I'm afraid he might wake up if there's a loud noise. (laughs) like that shitty magician in the last unicorn (laughs) (laughs) what was his name like schmendrick or something yeah schmendrick (laughs) (laughs) kind of a shitty wizard (laughs) oh sorry oh (laughs) you burn a spell slot on that trt charm it should have been a cantrip, you weak fuck. <laughs> Woo. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. Back to it. So, <laughs> Luca instructs Bix to be quiet and um, the whole jailer sleep thing, blah, blah, blah. And then he springs Bix out of the cell, but they pass by Gambler's cell and Bix hesitates and is like, hey, we got to free this giant cat as well. And Luca's like, are you fucking nuts? That's a giant predator that is in jail and they're barely civilized to begin with. Like, are you insane? And Bix is like, yeah, maybe I'm crazy, but do it. And then Bix like calls out like gambler, like to wake him up. And the response is instantaneous before Bix could blink. Gambler was at the door, snarling claws extended. And Bix was like shocked for a second and took a moment just to kind of observe that he was this giant black cat with like no markings anywhere except for his face where he had these delicate white stripes and his huge muscular tail reminded Bix of the serpents from the from the Dreadwoods. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> name, but it's just the only thing that came to mind. The Dead Marshes. The Dead Marshes, the Dreadwoods. <laughs> you know, the bad forest. Yeah, the snake tree place. The snake tree place. Um, then she just goes, hey, I'm escaping. Want to come with? And Gambler's like, okay. <laughs> I love that it's all exchange. 
Like, I, mean, I am escaping now. Would you like to come along? That's exactly what she said, though. Yeah. She's like, I'm escaping. Want to come with? Okay. I love that. <laughs> uh. um, of course, Luca is not quite as convinced. And so Bix is like, do you promise not to kill me? Also, I have a Wabic and a human. Oh, and a horse. <laughs> and you can't kill any of I them. I love how she added Bellino on there. Valino is the most important he character is. in this book. Yeah. <laughs> and Gambler's like, yeah, I, I won't kill them. I promise. It's fine. I can contain myself. It's totally fine. And then finally ends this by saying, I am the servant and you are the master. Are you satisfied? And Luke is like, I guess. And so he springs Gambler as well, extinguishes the light, and they go creeping through the tower in the darkness. It's rather uneventful until they get to the doorway to the outside and they open it. And the first thing they hear is Tobble screech, Philippet! <laughs> and Bix springs forward, putting a hand on Tobble's shoulder and being like, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. He's with us. It's fine. And there's more kind of discussions of shock and distrust and blah, blah, blah. But we're going to smooth right over that and get towards creeping off to the place that Luca had secured. So they're creeping along. There's some more magic because two guards go to pass them and they kind of duck into an alleyway. But um, they start doing this weird magic shit and the guards can see them and view them. But like whatever spell he casts or whatever thurgy he casts, they just don't care. Like they straight up don't. They're like, what's up, guys? And keep going. Like, <laughs> just don't care. Um once they'd passed, the group continues creeping, and Luca leads them into a building that's under construction. It had a ladder that went straight up to a trapdoor, and the humans could climb up no problem. Bix could climb up without too much trouble. Tobble had to ride up on Kara's back, um, but Gambler, of course, could not climb this ladder. And Gambler's like, don't worry about it. Once you guys get up there, just move out of the way. And so they watch as he, like, looks up at this door, crouches down, kind of shifts his butt to get into position... And then just launches up 10 feet straight in the air, lands like lightly, this casual nonchalance. <laughs> and Tobble just goes, you show off. And then slaps a hand over his mouth like, oh, fuck, I just talked shit to this giant fill of it. And Gambler's just like, no, if I was trying to show off, I would have I done a somersault. Oh, <laughs> I love them both. I love them both so much. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, I love them so much. Yep. They're the best. So uh, they find themselves in this super dusty room that's just full of furniture. It's like they this whole building is under construction and they have just shoved everything that they don't want to move out of the house into this one room and it's all dusty and gross, but there's chairs and chests and blah, 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 blah. And Kara's like, won't we like 100% be found up here? And Luke is like, it's a holiday. Nobody's going to be working. Nobody's going to find us. In fact, we have a great view of the Eumony through the window. And Bix is like, won't you get in trouble for this? And Luca's like, yeah, they're for sure going to kill me. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm super dead, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Bix is like, why would you risk that? And Kara is the one that jumps in and says, because he's a real scholar, not like Ferrucci, the traitor. And like, mm. something about this answer nags at Bix. Two things about this answer nag at me, yeah. Alex. Yeah. And... One of them is that it's nagging at Bix. But the other one is I don't like how immediately chummy Kara is with this guy. Yep. I don't like it either. 
I don't like that at all. Nope. First of all, her love interest should be Gambit. We all know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Second of all, I don't trust Luca as far as I can throw him. I really don't trust Luca. Like, when I was reading it, I was kind of like, okay, I don't know about this guy. But now I really don't trust him. Yeah, it's like the more shit he did to help them, the less I trusted him. Yeah, like, he just, and all of his bullshit about like, oh, I'm a scientist and, you know, like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no, there's no way. No way, there's none. There's absolutely none. I swear, he's going to be like working for like some other faction that we don't know about yet to deliver Bix to, yeah. like, someone else yeah. for evil He's... purposes. It's going to turn out like that for sure. Yeah, like, I just, I don't fucking buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it at all. I don't like this guy at all. Nope, me either. I don't know. That's my gut feeling. And, like, he keeps helping them. He keeps doing good in quotation marks shit, but, like, I don't, I don't trust this Maybe guy. it's just because he's doing it, he's offering his help so readily like, like, but he's, he's telling them, like, I'm not doing this for you. But maybe he's, oh, maybe he's saying that to throw Bix off the scent. That's exactly what I was just going to yeah. say. I feel like he's maybe playing with the, they can tell a lie thing. Yeah. And that's why he he answers so weird. Every yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't like this guy. I don't, I don't like this guy one bit. <laughs> what if he turns out to be like super fine and the hero and everything? I'm going to be pissed because I'm going to be like, you could have had Gambit the whole time. You got this motherfucker. <laughs> Gambit's got to come Luca. back. Gambit's got to come back. Love that guy. He was on in the book for two pages. Why are we so obsessed with this <laughs> I guy? I don't know because he just made such an impression. He did. He tried to steal a horse half-assedly and then returned it. And that was about it. <laughs> he got threatened with a knife and he was like, okay, this is fine. He was like, okay, I'll buy that from you. <laughs> I'll buy your knife. But like, I'm going to stab you. He's like, yeah, I'll buy that. He's like some stoner guy. <laughs> He's just a smooth-ass motherfucking stoner guy who's just like totally chill with everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, I feel like we have been like, maybe the problem is we're in too much media because mm. we're like absolutely Pirates of the Caribbean right now. Like, if you sit, do the good thing and say the good thing, we don't trust you. But a liar, we can always trust to be a liar yeah. and kind of a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Anyways, moving right along. Moving right along. Moving right along. Um, so yes, uh, Bix at this point hates that answer, but also like Bix starts doubting herself. She's like, I don't have enough experience with human lying to like pinpoint what's making me uncomfortable here. So I kind of just have to roll with it. Um, and then Luca continues on like, when I became a scholar, I swore to pursue the truth. And what's happening is the obliteration of the truth. Exactly. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Luca. <laughs> God. Um, and this Bix is like, yeah, it's kind of true, but it's like a half truth. Like there's something else going on here. But um, at this point, it's been a very long day. And so Bix is like 
fuck this, I'll deal with this later, falls down into a plush blue chair. Tobble takes the second one right next to Bix, and they were both asleep almost instantly until the next morning when Bix woke to an exuberant crowd celebrating her non-existence. Wee. Uh, so the ceremony space is this like huge courtyard space and there's thousands and thousands of people and like it's just overwhelming. So Luca leaves to get everybody food and Bix is watching this whole thing being set up um, with everybody except Gambler who is lounging away from the window. Very confident. Very cat-like. <laughs> just chilling. <laughs> um so this is like Bix is having this whole thing like I was a pup that grew up on the other side of the world with a handful of other pups. I've never seen this many people in one place before. And there's like these natites that are submerged in this crescent bay off to one side of this whole area. And there's also like a big raised stage. And on the back of that stage, there's another space for like fancy natites to go. I'm guessing there's some sort of like leaders there, but we don't really know what they are. We just know that there's like three of them on the stage. Um, there's a whole like forest of tea perches that are like where the raptides are hanging out and at any given time they might be on the perch or above the perch or like just hanging out. It's crazy looking. It looks like there's total disorders. They're flying around each other. Um, there's thousands of filavits of every imaginable color just lounging and, and like just hanging out in this one section. And then in the very middle there's an hourglass shape where there's just humans standing and they are more numerous than any other species here. Ugh. And, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> um, then we find out about the uh, Chief Scholar. So there's a little bit of history on the Chief Scholar here. Apparently, like, a Chief Scholar is in office or whatever for 20 years, and then they switch, and every time it switches to a new species. But, of course, there hasn't been a Darren Scholar in, like, a hundred some odd years because of the Darren's becoming non-existent. Wee. Yeah. Yeah. So we get the, um, the chief scholar who is just some old ass raptide that steps up to read some announcements, which mostly seem to be about food carts and where to poop, which makes <laughs> Bix laugh. A lot of announcements about where to poop. Yeah. He's like telling <laughs> the raptodons like, do not poop in these designated areas. Yes. And, like, raptides, do not poop while flying unless you're in the raptide area. Like, there's so many announcements about poop. There's, like, two announcements about food carts, and then everything else is about where and when you are allowed to poop. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> uh, so then the raptide announces there will be a speech. It will be a speech, a retelling of the species, an unveiling of the statue to commemorate the Darren, and then Arachtic would speak before the feast, and that's the Murdano seer that everybody is so enamored with that they couldn't make a fool of. Um, most people seem most excited about the feast, so the Raptide is like, hey, hey, this is a somber occasion. You will be sad. Do not be excited about the food. So I appreciate that guy, at least. There was also a um, point where they talk about how the raptodons can't really pronounce certain vowels. Yeah, like W, B. Yeah. Like, and I was like, is that because they don't have lips? Yes. That's so cool. That's <laughs> yeah. such a cool detail. Yeah. I wish they had talked about it a little more because they just kind of mention it in one sentence and like 
he has a whole speech, but they only do like one sentence in like the the yeah. I don't even know what yeah, you call accent. it accent or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah, but that's so cool. It's like I don't know. It's such a neat little world building detail. It is. I wish they had done more with it, and maybe they will in later books or later this book. Yeah, because maybe they'll have like a Raptodon ally in the future. Oh, I actually I think there's so. a Raptodon on the cover of the third book. I think you're right, but it's downstairs, so I can't tell you. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I liked that a lot. I liked it a lot, too. It was very cool. Anyway, keep going. Go! Okay. Um, So, uh, Luca returns with food. Um, There's He tosses some bloody meat to Gambler, who seems somewhat pleased by this. (laughs) Um, And the rest of them all just hang out eating and, like, Basically, like, shooting the shit while this whole celebration is going on outside, not paying attention. Um, but once they finish the food, Bix returns to the window to hear the final words from the chief scholar's speech. And therefore, having taken careful account of all the facts, we had to conclude, sadly, that the Darren species is extinct. Gone forever from our world. Yeah. So, gone forever resonated with Bix and suddenly she realized that everybody was watching her with pity or concern or in the case of gambler feign disinterest (laughs) um and so Bix squares up her shoulders and turns back to this display in front of her like just determined not to look like she's about to break down and the chief scholar concludes his speech and says the next to come up on stage is going to be Ferrucci and Bix is like that motherfucker's the one that's gonna tell me about Darren history? Like, what the fuck? And Bix is really excited to, like, learn some facts about the Darren history because she knows so little. And Luca's basically like, yeah, he's considered the leading expert on Darren history, so, like, you know, that's who they'd get naturally. And um, they're watching as they're helping him up to this podium because he is old and infirm and sucks. (laughs) And <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I mean, he does. Yeah, this guy sucks. And Kara has this moment where she's like, I really, really thought that he would help Bix. I thought he was a good man. And Luca kind of gently touches her shoulder and says, yeah. Good men don't always stay that way. Don't fucking touch her. Don't fucking touch her. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> Anyways. Um, Bix could sense in that moment that Kara really did believe that Ferrucci would save Bix. Like, it was just as much a shock to her as it was to Bix what happened out there. Um, and yeah, she expected to get paid, but like for a real live Darren who would be protected and not killed. (laughs) They listened as Ferrucci spoke, but it was really just a laundry list of wars and negotiations with no particular story to it or history. Like, nobody can pay attention. It's boring as fuck. So, yeah. And then Tomo and Bix don't even know what war means. So they're like, what? What mean war? (laughs) And... Kara's like, oh, it's two groups fighting against each other. And Bix is like, I can tell that's not the whole story and that Kara's connection to war is deeper than that, but I'm not going to push it right now. Um, And then Luca makes a comment when the speech is about to conclude, like, oh, yeah, that's going to be over soon, so let's wrap it up here, kids. And they're like, wait, how how do you know? And he's like, oh, I, I wrote all this. Like, Ferrucci dictated some of the speech, but, like, I I basically wrote all of this. Which, 
is even more suspicious, mm-hmm. Luca. Mm-hmm. He's evil. He's definitely... I hate this he's guy. Five, now that we're recapping it. Yeah, he's 5,000% evil. He's 5 million percent evil. This guy's the worst. He's the main villain in this he story. Is. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um. Anyways, the speech is wrapped up. There's different cheers from all the groups. Um, there was some really cool, like, talk about, like, how the Filivets roared, but, like, a really short, like, precise roar. Um, all of the weird bug creatures did, like, a wing vibrating thing. The uh, reptides did, like, a weird kind of cheer thing. I don't cacao. know. It was it was all different from each species. Yeah, cacao. Uh, then... A palanquin entered the arena, the Merdano soldiers carrying it all the way up to this raised platform that was the stage. When they arrive, they lift it level, and then two lines of soldiers approach it in a formation <laughs> that was very precise, and they open the door. And out steps this young woman who is very light-skinned with jet black hair going down her back, and they're like, ah, yes, erectic. And Bix is like, that's, that's a baby. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> Luke is like, yeah, she's barely 19. We went to school together. Like, I know that bitch. <laughs> and um, oh as she walked on stage, like, Luke is like, yeah, like, we went to school together. She fucking cheated on everything. Like, she's the worst. And Tobble's like, ah, so she's stupid. And Luke is like, no, she's smart. She's cunning. She's ruthless. And she's a bully. She made me eat soap once when she was 10 and I was six. And it's like, what the fuck, dude? Wow. So anyways, um, after he said that she made him eat soap, Gambler's like, oh, that must have tasted worse than Wabic. And Tobble's like, I'm delicious. <laughs> and Gambler's like teasing him like, oh, well, you're lucky I just ate. Otherwise, I'd test your theory. Oh but then I know. Right? I Sorry. I love their friendship so much. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, but then... Uh, Gambler's ear twitches and he freezes and he said, do you hear that? And Bix and Tobble both nod, but the humans are both like, what? What is it? And Gambler goes, someone is coming. More than one someone's. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, Luca tells Bix and Gambler to hide. He's like, everybody else we can explain, but you two, we cannot. So Bix is looking around, trying to find a place to go, and they can hear now there's six humans pounding up behind them. So Gambler crouches, focuses on a beam like 10 feet above his head, leaps up effortlessly, and Bix finds this drawer and this chest and crawls in and pulls it shut right as the humans burst into the room. And they're like, what are you doing in here? This building is closed down. And Luca's like, watching the ceremony. And Kara's like, our parents don't approve of us. We were fucking. <laughs> and like, that's legit what she implies. Very, we were fucking in here. <laughs> She's legit. Legit. She's like, our parents don't approve. We're in love. We needed some time for activities. (laughs) And like, Bix is like, wow, that's such a terrible lie. Like, you are such a bad liar. But the guard is like, oh, yeah, trying to get some. (laughs) Get out of here, you crazy kids. You crazy kids. You You go start macking in some other alleyway. This building's closed down. And, like, 
they're like, no, we want to stay here together. And the guard's like, come on now, kids. Don't ruin a perfectly nice day by making us arrest you. Get out of here. Get out of here, you crazy kids. I remember being in love when I was a teen. Get out of here. That is the best part, though, is when Kara says, we're in love. And Luca's like, we're not in love. And she's like, how dare you? (laughs) That's not what you said before we came up here to fuck. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Eventually, like, they they're like, all right, we have to leave. And Kara's like, fine, then Luca and I will just go back to Bellino. Like, super loud, like, pay attention. This is where we're going. Yep. And Tobble follows him out of there, too. Not really mentioned other than he follows him out. And the guards are like, well, we better search the room. And, like, I assume the same saucy guard who's ready to let these teens keep Mac and is like, you're going to search the room for valuables. <laughs> I don't, this guard is not toned like this in the book at all. I've really put a spin on this that I did not see coming. I have made and inserted a character into this book that did not exist. <laughs> like, the words are similar to his own, but I have put a spin on it that was not there. Sure. <laughs> oh, but I kind of love him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now that I've created him, he's kind of cool. Oh. So anyways, they're searching the room. And um, sure as shit, one of them opens the drawer that Bix is in. And... Like, as soon as they make eye contact, this roar rips through the room and Gambler just hops down from the ceiling, lands between all of them. But even Gambler couldn't take on six trained swordsmen. So Bix tries to run, but is cut off by more swordsmen entering the room, drawn by the loud roar. And everywhere Bix turns, there's guards popping up, except for the window. So she turns and runs. Yay! She, I know, right? Go, go, go. And Gambler yelled for her to run, too, because Gambler's a good guy. Good kitty. He's good. This is like, I don't know why I immediately trust a cat that was in jail as opposed to the guy that got them out. But this is my feeling. I do want to know why he was in jail. Probably for being too cool. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it's going to absolutely be like... He stole some shit and got into a fight. Yeah, or like someone was racist against him or something. Yeah, it's gonna. I don't know. He's gonna have like a very Aladdin type backstory. I'm sure. <laughs> I steal only what I can't afford, and that's everything. He <laughs> <laughs> broke into a, a a room full of prostitutes and caused a fucking mess. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Uh, Bix jumps out a window. (laughs) Bix jumps out a window, launches, and spreads her glissairs, and is gliding over this crowd. And, like, her brain is just trying to calculate, like, do I go left? Do I go right? Like, there's no good options here. I'm going to kill my speed. I'm going to crash. So she just kind of, like, panics and continues down this straight path right over top of the stage. And, like... Makes full eye contact with Arachtic, who, like, just arches one eyebrow and, like, eventually goes so close over her head that she could feel the wind and probably would have been hit if a guard hadn't, like, jumped and grabbed her and pulled her aside. And it was, like, then that everybody in the crowd is like, wait a fucking minute. (laughs) 
that's a Darren, <laughs> and we're here to celebrate their extinction. What the fuck? I love that so much. <laughs> Me too. <sighs> Me too. And never. Okay, we'll continue yeah. on, and then we'll talk about this yep. later. Okay. So um, as Bix approaches the ground, she tucks and rolls and pops right back up running. An excellent landing. 10 out of 10. <laughs> um, and she starts taking off, but then trips over some raptodon excrement. Apparently somebody did not <laughs> listen to the poop talk. Jerry. Didn't think it was going to come back, but here Fucking it is. Jerry. <laughs> Pooping everywhere. Fucking Jerry. Always pooping mid-flight, <laughs> even though we're not supposed to. Just because he's old and firm. <laughs> Anyways, uh, she starts, like, running through this crowd. She has a bunch of guards hot on her tail. She shoots under this market cart, trying to lose her pursuers. Um, She's trying to head off to the stable, but not lead them there. So she's being chased. She shoots through this open door. There's a small child sucking his thumb, and she says, excuse me, and, like, hops over him. God. um, Runs past an old woman peeling potatoes. Jumps out the window onto a roof where there's, like, a dude drinking coffee. Scares the shit out of him. Um, and Bix is like, haha, try to get me on the roof, motherfuckers. But then she had forgotten one thing, and that is that there is more than one species of guard here. And so Raptodon guards start descending on her, and she shoots in this alleyway, but it's the wrong decision because it's a dead end. So she turns around, and two guardsmen stepped up on the other end. They have their swords drawn, and they say, come peacefully or die. And Bix is, like, heaving with exhaustion. She goes, peacefully. It is. But then there's a shadow and Gambler drops down in front of her, landing as light as a feather and just goes, the two of you against me? I don't like your odds very much. (laughs) And apparently neither did the guards because they fucking take off. They are done. They are not going to fight Gambler. He is too good. Good boy. He is a good boy. So as soon as they're gone, Gambler's like, Bix, climb onto my back. And so she did, and Gambler launches up onto this rooftop, hooks this claw in the gutter, and then just ends up, like, grabbing onto the tiles with his other paw and pulling them over the ledge with pure strength. These raptodon guards swoop down on them again, and Gambler just grabs one of them out of the sky. With one swipe, football spikes them to the ground, leaving them in a crumpled heap of bloody mass. And Bix is like... I thought I understood the power of a fill of it, but as Gambler moved fluidly over the rooftops, completely sure of every movement, smooth and powerful, she's like, I understand nothing of their power. And she was in awe. Yeah. So cool. Um, So they make it back to the stable. And as soon as Valino saw Gambler, he starts rearing and whinnying. He is not happy about this addition to the group. And Gambler calls him a useless cart. (laughs) A wagon with a tail. A wagon with a tail. He has no time for horses. Such a burn. Too bad Valino did not, I don't know, internalize it, I guess. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Okay. So Kara's like, were you followed? And Gambler's like, "Uh, yeah, of course we were. We have to get out of here. (laughs) Like, duh. Duh, Kara. What a stupid fucking question. (laughs) (laughs) um and so they take off and they're like oh it's gonna be really difficult to get to the shore where we've arranged a boat to smuggle us out but like luke is like nah i I know we're good so he takes them all these back routes and with all of the people coming in and out of town for the festivities they blended right in um hilariously 
There is a hastily printed poster around town that says the whole Darren thing was a hoax and then just starts naming people that are now wanted persons with Luca at the top of the list for being one, a traitor and two, a mediocre sorcerer. Oh my God, a shitty wizard. He's a shitty wizard and that is a crime that he is wanted for now. (laughs) Oh man. And Kara's on there too for being like a poacher and a traitor and gambler's on there. For, it was like some super weird shit, like just abusing his own nature to intimidate people. Uh, a example of a treacherous Philovet who had lent his vicious nature to the aid of this conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> what the fuck crime is that? I don't know. Being a big kitty who, who helped people do bad things. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess. Explain his crime to me. In the court of law, tell me what was Gambler's crime. Uh, he did nothing. Anyways. Um, and then Talbot's just pissed that his name isn't on the sheet of me wanted Me too. <laughs> me too. Uh, so they continue on to the shore, and there's a bunch of Natites that are trying to get everybody in the boats to collect their tax to cross the water. But there's so many people that are crushing in on them and trying to get in the boats that they are able to sneak around to where the smuggling boat is, aptly named the Devil's Smile, and take off without paying the sea tax, which is great. Once they are safely out of the harbor, Bix is like, hey, Kara, we gotta talk. And Bix starts this conversation by saying, you look anxious. And Kara's like, yeah, yeah, we're in some pretty deep shit right now. I don't know if you've noticed, but like a lot of shit's going down. And Bix is like, yeah, shit that's like too complex, say, for a simple poacher girl. And that's when like we get the whole history of Kara. So this is part of a larger conversation, but I the point of it is to get the history. So I'm going to kind of do a dry run of the history yeah. here. So we find out that um, Kara's full name is Karasand Denati. And this means nothing to Tobel and Bix, but Luca's like, what? You're part of the Denati family? And this is where we find out that Kara's family was one of three old families in the city that had resisted the Murdano. And it had started a 10-year war that just decimated all of these people. Um, and it only ended when one of the other three families that resisted the Murdano's takeover betrayed them, and then the Donati and the Rantizos lost this war. So Kara's family had all their shit taken. Their houses were raided and taken. Her entire family was jailed or killed. Her great-grandfather was given the treatment for traitors, which Tobel asked what it is. And in a children's book, yes. they have the fucking audacity to tell you he was slow roasted over a flame for days, screaming in agony and pleading until they decided to cut his head off. Yeah, in a kid's book. Kid's book. Yay! <laughs> Torture and murder for the kids to learn. For the kids. Yay. <laughs> um, and then her great grandmother was thrown to the dungeons and died of the coughing disease. So. <laughs> I got the black lollipop. That's not funny. Uh, And then, as if they hadn't added enough injury, they had insult to injury, and the house was given to the Sears. So Erectic's grandfather, and then her mother, and then her owned it, 
and they renamed it Sorcery Point. It's and a like, dumb name. it's a stupid name, and everybody's like, "Wait, they're living in your fucking house? Like that's fucked up." Yeah. And then they're like, "Everything was taken, and our houses were ransacked, including the arms of Kanor, the Magnificent." And even Bix knows who Kanor the Magnificent is. That's Nadara's greatest hero. We don't really learn about that, funnily enough, but uh, <laughs> we learn more about how, like, they had the full suit of arms there and, like, shield and the sword and blah, blah, blah. Um, we find out a little bit more about Kara's family, about how her dad was the one that taught her all of the tricks and how to look like a, a boy and all of that stuff. And he lived in the woods and introduced her to Ferrucci because he used to sell rare things and rare animals to Ferrucci. And then her mom had known Ferrucci as well because she would sell him rare herbs and was passing as a healer, blah, blah, blah. And like Luca kind of took all of this in, but the only thing he ends up asking about at the end of it was like, I wonder what happened to the arms of Kanor. The Merdana would give anything to get their hands on the light of Nadara, which is the sword. And Bix is like, what what was what was why and um Kara's just like laughing saying like i would happily sell it to the merdano if i knew where it was and bix hears the lie immediately like is like what the fuck are you talking about like she's literally got her hand on the hilt of the light of nadara right now and that's when bix realizes this lie was for luca not for bix Mm -hmm. And there's this sudden rush all around them that interrupted the conversation as the crew is like, we're nearing the land, we're nearing the land. And Bix is like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen now? And Tobble's like, where are we going to go? And they all looked at Kara, who has been leading them this whole time. And Kara looks at Bix and says, we're going to go wherever Bix wants to go. Yes. So. So Kara is Aragorn. Um. (laughs) Yes. Predicted or not? Did we say that? I think we said that, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we were like, we thought she was like a princess or like part of a, a noble family or an important family or some shit. And that led us to think she was Aragorn yes. because of the sword. Yes. The sword that was broken, yep. but it's yep. not. Yeah. This one is just enchanted and only becomes spiffy when you draw it in yep. anger. Similar, though. Wee! Magic sword. Yeah. Magic swords, they do magic and help you in your hour of need, just like the other sword that Elrond brought to Aragorn <laughs> before the battle. Yay! <laughs> it has been remade. It has been remade anew. I'm only doing this because my daughter loves you and she won't go to the Grey Havens because she loves you. Because she saw the kids and I was like, there were no kids, but that was a lie. I definitely saw kids. <laughs> oh my god Aragorn, Luca is a fucking little bitch and I hate him. <laughs> I'm going to be so mad if he turns out to be a good guy. I hate him so I much. Know. Uh. Like, 
I didn't care about him when I was writing this, but now that we're recapping, I don't I like I am him. convinced he's bad. He's gotta be bad. He's got to be bad. Gotta be bad. <laughs> he's gonna show his true, Definitely gotta be. His true colors. Ugh. God. Hate it. I just don't even yep. know. I just don't yep. even know. Don't even know. Okay. Last chapter. Let's get to this chapter. Okay. So, they reach land, but it's not the port that they left from. It's this dark and swampy place with a small cabin where they do deals in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) They're basically like, yeah, that's the cabin where crime takes place. We don't go there. (laughs) The crime cabin. A dimly lit cabin for crime. Yes. Uh, But they can't see like three feet in front of them because it's so dark. But the smells did not lend themselves to a nice place. It is damp and decay and gross. So they start heading towards the woods and Kara is asking Bix where they should go. And Bix is like, I don't know. And Tavo's like, what about the map? And Kara's like, what map? And Bix is like, no, no. It's the mindless scribblings of a pup. And I threw it away in the city anyways. And Tavo literally reaches into his pouch, procures the map piece, and goes, ta-da! He's so wonderful. And claims the title of recoverer. He is so wonderful. So um, Kara's like, what's up with this map? And Bix is like, it's this Darren fairy tale. Like, literally, Darren Land is, I think, what it's called. Darren Land, Darren Land, everyone loves you, Darren Land. What are you going to do now that the war is over? I'm going to Dareland. And Bix is like, but clearly it's just some bullshit fairy tale because it's about a moving island where the Darren lived and there's rivers and caves and cool shit. And Kara's like, right, exactly. It's like the Great Valley tale, but also it's a moving island. And Kara's like, oh yeah, there's two of those. And Bix is like, what? And Kara's like, yeah, there's two of them. They're just like giant creatures that are like so <gasps> giant that shit gets stuck on them and grows oh, on them. Oh, like the turtle in the Avatar Lost Neverender. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Kara's like, yeah, and if you said there's rivers, that has to be Tarok because that's the bigger one that has rivers. And Luca's like, isn't that a carnivorous island? And nobody likes the sound of that. They're all like, oh, no, we do not wish to go to the carnivorous island. That's that's a bad one. <laughs> um, we we do not like this one, and so they kind of are like back to like, all right, so where do we go? And they reach this like fork in the road, and Gambler's like, this way, this way is north. There's a Merdano capital city, and it sucks. And this way is south. South is where we all live, where we all come from, except for Luca, but he can probably fuck with some humans down there. We don't really <laughs> care. And then like, if we go north. We run into armies. They're amassing this move into other places. They go over a few different, like, I guess, countries that they're going to take over, some spaces. They're literally, like, as soon as they have the power, they're going to try to invade this place and this place, and that's where they're going to start hunting us from. Uh, or we can go south, and Tobble and Gambler can go home. Kara can go back to poaching. Luca can fuck off. <laughs> that's exactly what they say. <laughs> Luca can fuck off. That's, they definitely aren't like, he can go find people and be yeah. good. They're like, no, he can fuck right <laughs> off. Jesus. And it's like, they just keep hammering at home, like, north into danger and the armies and the unknown, or self to the shit that we like. <laughs> and it turns into this choice of, like, believe Gambler that the Murdano are moving against all of the species. They're trying to eradicate them. They're trying to take over. 
And I fucking love this. Tobble is the very first one to be like, I believe gambler. Let's fucking do it. I don't want to live in a world where everybody's eradicated because that fucking sucks. I believe gambler. And I just think that Tobble and gambler have an immediate rapport and they are also going to be besties. Yay. And like the tension triangle will be between Valino, Tobble, and Gambler <laughs> because Gambler and Valino don't like each sure. other. But Tobble's going to bring them together. I don't know. I just love it. Like I I feel like Tobble like there's teasing and there's a funny mm-hmm. like rapport immediately and I just I love them. And so when you were like I feel like Tobble and Gambler are going to have an issue, I'm like no, they're going to be besties forever. I mean, they could be besties forever but still have an issue. I I guess. I guess I don't true. like. I kind of feel like Tobble's gonna have like a Sokka moment where he's like, "I don't know what I'm good at. Everyone else is big and strong and powerful." And then he gets a sword. And then he gets a sword. Made of yes. Right. <laughs> that he loses immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Boomerang, you do always come back. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, can we do? A real quick Avatar The Last Airbender thing at the yeah. end of this. Okay, cool. So, anyways. Um, yeah. Tobble claims his support of Gambler, but the choice is very clear. Go south, go back to what they know, pretend none of this ever happened, or go north into the unknown, definitely die. Shit's fucked up there. <laughs> and they all turn to Bix, and they're like, Welp, what are we doing? And Bix is like, I am the smallest and the weakest and the most useless and the stupidest. And I can't decide on any of this. I don't know anything. I'm not good at anything. I suck. I hate all of this. I can't oh, do no. this. I'm the endling. You know, the Yumini, it was premature, but it wasn't wrong. Once I'm gone, everything's gone. I can't do this. I suck. And then they head north. And that is how this part ends. <laughs> <laughs> we. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How did you like this? I liked it so much. I actually did not take a lot of notes because I just kept reading this whole mm-hmm. section. And then I was like, shit, I only have like five lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I loved it. I love Gambler. Uh, I hate Luca. <laughs> I hate Luca oh so God. much. Luca's a nightmare. He's gonna be a bad person. He's there's no way he's not there's a villain. No way. There's none. <laughs> there's none. Ugh. Kara's oh. gonna kick his ass. I hope. And Bix is gonna kick his ass. And Tobble's gonna kick his ass. And Gambler's gonna kick his ass. And Valino's definitely gonna kick his ass. Oh, Valino's gonna get the last strike in for Ugh. sure. Like he's gonna be like feeble on the ground. And Valino's gonna be like boom. <laughs> yeah, I don't like i don't like like ever he just he offered like no resistance to anything and like he didn't tell us enough for us to believe that he's really behind them he just has this bullshit about like being a scientist and being bound to his like science code or whatever i don't believe that for a second and he's like he stands so much to gain by, like, turning Bix in, especially now that, that Caro yeah. is like, I was going to turn you in, but then Ferrucci was going to be really shitty to you, so I'm not going to turn you in, and he's he's totally going to fucking try and turn her in. Yeah. Definitely. 
Definitely. And lying to Luca about the sword, absolutely the right choice. Which gives me hope that even though Kara seems to have a crush on him, she has eyes wide open, knows he's a bad guy. Trust no one, especially men. (laughs) (laughs) Unless they're giant cats and then immediately trust them. (laughs) It's true. They were the first to fall. So is Bix the one ring? Bix is Frodo for sure. <laughs> the reluctant hero on a long journey against his oh. will. Her will in this instance. Oh. And Tobble is definitely like a Mary Pippin. <laughs> we started the- Sort of. Yeah. Mixed with some Gimli. Just like the sheer like, I'm small, yeah. but I will fuck you up. Like... The audacity. Oh, God. Does that make Gambler Legolas because, like, the beautiful feline grace, absolute power perfection? Totally capable. Probably. Probably. Oh, my God, Alex. (laughs) cars That makes Luca horrier. I I broke the audio (laughs) screaming that. I'm so sorry. Me, too. (laughs) I broke the audio right before this. (laughs) We have a fellowship. We do, except, I mean, I guess Luke is also the wizard, though. (laughs) The shittiest wizard. The shittiest wizard of them all. (gasps) Maybe Gambit's the wizard. He's just not back Uh, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And is. We probably should have learned that guy's name. Yeah. What was? He's Bill the Pony. Yeah, Bolino's Bill the Pony. What the fuck was Gambit's real name? I have no idea. I've completely replaced it with Gambit. Oh no! Should we try to look it up? I'm I'm trying. Oh, here we go. Okay, his name is uh, Renzo. I like Gambit better. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Oof. Oh man. God, I love this book. I do too. This was a great choice for a next book to read. Mm-hmm. This was so good. It is so good. We're not even done with it. I keep saying was as if it's over, but like we are halfway through book one and that is it. It's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't got much else. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I feel like I said it all either at the beginning or as we were talking about it and I interrupted myself. <laughs> We could talk more about how we hate Luca, but that might be counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, that would just make me hate him more. I'm re- I'm really interested to read this next part and see if Luca goes evil there or at the end of the book. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I think the fifth part's also an option where he could go bad, but I think it's going to be in the sixth part mm-hmm. because that's that's what makes what sense. It's called Allies and Enemies. That's right. Mm-hmm. The allyship of the group is going to be tested. By enemies. By enemies. Yes. Yep. Cool. But Tobble and Gambler will stand strong. Bellino <gasps> will betray And them. if they are like the Gimli and Legolas of the group, they're gonna be besties! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited for this adventure! I'm so excited for this adventure as well. I need them to be besties. They will be besties. <gasps> Oh, also, Erectic, 
I can't wait to hear more about how much of a bitch she is. Oh my god, I was like getting Azula vibes from her. Oh, that's so much more badass now that you said that. <laughs> like she she arrived on a palanquin and I was like, "Oh, it's Azula." <laughs> oh. She... <laughs> oh. Uh. oh no. Oh. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm ready. So excited for that. Okay. All right, should we wrap it up? Yes, we should. Okay. Well, if you want to talk to me about Endling, you can do that. You can email me at anonymousanimorphs at gmail.com or at applegrantbookclub at gmail.com. Is that right? Yeah. Is that our email? Yep, yep. We actually got it this time. The Yorks did not steal it. We did it for once. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, applegrantbookclub at gmail.com or anonymousanimorphs. I will answer either of them. But only one's connected to my phone, but I won't tell you which. (laughs) Anyways, you can also find us on Facebook to talk about this book. Again, at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club. Um, Although we only have one super secret, super awesome subgroup, which is the Andalite Bandalites, which is Facebook.com slash group slash Animorphs Anonymous. You can find us on Instagram at Animorphs Anonymous or Apple Grant Book Club. And you can find us on... Sorry. What? Um... Twitter and Facebook, we are Apple Grant Cast because Apple Grant of cast. character restrictions. So sorry, fuckers. I'm sorry. No, that's important to know because I don't know these ones yet, and I do this all from memory, which is bad. No, I'm sorry. Okay, so Twitter is Apple Grant Cast. Facebook Apple Grant Cast. Uh, or Instagram. Instagram and Twitter Apple Grant Cast. Apple Grant Cast. Okay. Or Animorphs Anon on Twitter. Yes. Or Animorphs Anonymous on Instagram. Yes. Or Apple Grant Cast. Yes. Any which one of those. Yes. <laughs> I think those are all the things. Uh, uh, yeah, I think so too. Oh, um, if you want to re-listen to all of the Animorphs Anonymous episodes, we are uploading them every Wednesday to our YouTube channel, uh, which we Yay. share with the uh, Cadmus Crisis Boys, and that is at Strong Shape International on YouTube. Uh... Gosh, we have a lot of different titles for our different social medias. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then if you want to hang out with us and talk to us more directly and other Animorphs fans, uh, you can come join our uh, Discord server, our Animorphs Anonymous Discord server. It's a super fun, cool place. Um, and uh, you can get the link to that if you hit us up on any of our socials or if you email us and we will give you the link. Please come and be cool. Be super cool. Super cool. All right. What if uh, you've thrown so many links at me that I just want to go read a webcomic and forget that we existed? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you want to read a webcomic with some good, good boys. No Lucas here. Just good boys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have a web. No Lucas allowed. (laughs) No Lucas allowed. Um, I have a webcomic. It's called B-Side You. You can go check that out at B-S-I-D-E-Y-O-U-Comic.com. It's also on Tapas and Webtoons. Um, and then it's free to read, but if you want to help support the comic, you can go to my Patreon and uh, you can get early works in progress pages and finished pages that are months ahead of schedule. And you can go look at that at Patreon.com slash KCD Studios. And... Definitely sign up for Patreon because late breaking news, Dan has agreed to Slater Cast 2021 and we will be putting that behind an extremely expensive pay- paywall because yes. we demand money. <laughs> so 
<laughs> it's gonna be top quality content what if I the just, slater cast hang on what if i just made like a slater tier and like you just get like and it was just dan and i talking about <laughs> you and dan and you just get all this like extra slater art and stuff <laughs> that would be amazing oh my god we will be in that tier making our own <laughs> podcast within a web comic <laughs> the slater cast 2021 oh my gosh dan has agreed to it literally hours ago <laughs> this is this is the late breaking news. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, well, I've had enough of all of this, and I would like to listen to a different podcast that also has Alex in it. Where can I go? Oh, boy. Uh, remember those good, good boys we mentioned earlier that we share a YouTube channel with? Yeah. The Cadmistic Crisis Boys? Yeah. Well, they have a podcast ironically called from cadmus to crisis we don't just call them that for no reason <laughs> and um they've let me consistently ruin their podcast for like a year now so <laughs> if you want to come listen to some Superboy content or some spider boy content or some alpha centurion content and occasionally superman content you can do all of that at from cadmus to crisis this is a Superboy podcast and I am on it. I ask questions and do voices and say terrible things and sometimes funny things, but mostly terrible things. And yeah, that's it's pretty fun. So check that out if you so desire. Um, thank you to Just Darby for our super awesome opening theme music. Mm-hmm. Yep, she is at its rise or reese i say reese because it's r-e-i-s-e so follow at it's reese i-t-s-r-e-i-s-e on twitter and other things and um thank you for giving us professional sounding music instead of the music that i put together (laughs) which is nonsense (laughs) it just sounds so good and like yeah it's great you know there's there's a lot to be said for, you know, just combining playing X-Files on your violin and, like, <laughs> Hanson and overlaying Hanson, stealing bits from the Animorphs TV show and just compiling it into a mishmash. But, like, it's it, it's something, but it is not the professional music that <laughs> Jess has provided us. <laughs> not by a long shot. Oh, shit. Ugh. I'm kind of obsessed with our intro, though. Me too. I keep listening to it. I I truly love that song so much. So I I love it. I love it. I'm gonna listen to it. I cannot be stopped. Good. Listen to it forever. Okay. Well fine. Let's go listen to that beautiful music again and again and again until we die. Okay. 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 Let's do it.